Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. So today, as we get into the message for us today, I want to tell you a story real quick. Uh, just last week, I did something that I've been putting off for a long time. When we, mer- when we first moved into our house in March of 2009, Candy and I planted two trees. When we bought our house, there was only one in the entire yard. It was a Bradford pear smack dab in the middle of our front yard that acted like a wind sail every time the wind would blow and begin to crack. We had to cut it down, and we knew that the years that would go by, we would want to have something already in its place growing back. So we immediately went to Home Depot that first year we moved in and picked out two small trees that we could plant one in our front yard and one in our backyard. The Japanese maple, it went out back by the deck, while the weeping cherry, it went in the front yard near the mailbox. The weeping cherry though, it had issues. It had issues with bugs and then decay. And honestly, I held on to hopes that it would just turn around and it would revive itself, but it didn't. And this was the first year that it hasn't even leafed or budded at all since we bought it. I knew it was time for the inevitable. I went over to it and I was actually able to even just rock it and snap it in half. That's how dead it was on the inside. And and I don't know about you, but this just reminded me how many times I hold on to something with the hopes that it's going to revive itself, that something will change or autocorrect, but it doesn't. And this time it it was just a tree, but I'm usually guilty of that in my decaying habits, in my dying relationships, in my toxic mindsets that eat away at the life that God has for us. And I want you to think about that with me today, because I want to talk about the life that Christ intended for us to live. You see, Christ's death over 2,000 years ago, it was a game changer. Jesus voluntary, voluntarily, he took our place. As the perfect living sacrifice, he became all the difference in my life. And my sin has been forgiven. The price that was accredited to my wrongdoing has been paid in full. And the beauty of his sacrifice is that it was once and for all. I don't have to return to the altar to make atonement for my sin. And I love how Paul paints that in Romans 6, starting in verse 10. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. The death Christ died was once and for all, friend. And it was a final payment, removing our sins from us. There is no longer even a reminder of my shortcoming or of my missing the mark with God. That slate has been wiped clean and a brand new start has begun. For me, I remember what it was like when I first began to understand God's grace and that he wanted to have that intimate relationship with me. As a teenager, the spirit pierced these impressions upon my heart. And I couldn't help but begin to weep as I laid there on my bed, reading the Gospel of Matthew. The words of Jesus were those red-lettered words of my Savior, my Lord, my friend. It was a revelation to me of who God is and who He wanted me to understand I've been created to be as His Son. And maybe you as His daughter or His Son as well. And that's something that each one of us need. We need a revelation of His amazing grace. We need a revelation of His unfathomable love for us. 
We need more than just head knowledge of the historical facts of what this man Jesus did for us, though they are historically accurate with incredible proof. But more than all that, we need a spiritual awakening within our hearts to how much he loves us, to how much he has done for us, to how much he still cares for us, that he will never leave nor forsake us. We need a spiritual sensitivity to the realities of what he has done for us once and for all. Yes, our sins are forgiven, and they are forgiven once for all, but it is so much more than that. Listen to what Hebrews 10 verses 1 through 3 says to us today. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never be. By the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year to make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they have not ceased to be offered since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins? But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. And the author of Hebrews continues to go on further down in verses 9 and 10, saying this, Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And in verse 10, And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Listen to what the author continues to say in this final verse in Hebrews 10, verse 14. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. I am so glad that we don't have to pay the price for our sins each year, even each day or each hour. I am grateful for what Christ has done for us once and for all. The problem is, is that we still make sacrifices for our sin. We punish ourselves and others when we feel that we have missed God's mark. I'm guilty of this. I beat myself up. I get frustrated with myself. And then sometimes even with others when I have screwed up. There are these times that I can sense the Holy Spirit even convicting me of sin so that repentance and even transformation, a change could occur. But there are a lot of times when I will self-afflict a form of punishment until I feel like finally, maybe I deserve God's good grace again. And this isn't the way that his economy of grace even works. This makes a light of the fact that Christ's sacrifice was final for us. It minimizes what Christ has done that we never can. It perverts the gospel even, that good news, and makes it more about what we can contribute to the process of his grace with our own twisted image of self-worth. Think about that. Accepting the fact that God loved us and still loves us, even when we mess up, it can be difficult to accept. But when we do it, it will revolutionize our life. This one paradigm shift will bring the freedom that Christ purchased for us so many years ago into reality. Hebrews 10 continues in verse 19 through 25. Listen to this. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, listen to what he says in verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, 
with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And this is what we've heard so often, and, and especially now, these last couple of verses, verse 23, moving forward. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together, as it is some in the habit of, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Think about those verses as we pause on this Easter Sunday. Yes, Christ has brought us forgiveness. And yes, Christ has also brought us access. This isn't Hollywood access. This isn't to the VIP green rooms. No, this is access to something so much greater, the presence of God. And in Emmanuel, we say encounter, connect, grow that that is our vision for us as a church and as individuals. The access that Jesus has given us by his blood, it allows us VIP status to enter the holy places. The righteousness of Christ attributed to our accounts, it grants us the provision of entering God in his holy presence. We would not have this otherwise. And notice how the access to encounter God, it leads to a few leaves of lettuce if you'll allow me to say that today. It, starting in verse 22, listen to the first lettuce. He says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with a heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We have confidence. We have full assurance of faith because our hearts have been cleansed and even our conscience has been washed pure. This is amazing. This is what Christ has done for us. We don't have to continue to offer a sacrifice because Jesus has done it once and for all. Listen to the second lettuce in verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. This second lettuce adds to the confidence of our faith, the confession of our hope. Our faith has confidence, but our hope has words that we can put to it. We can confess this. That right now, this is so critical for us to follow this lettuce. We need to remind ourselves and others not to lose hope, not to give up, or even entertain thoughts of hopelessness. It is so easy for that to happen right now. This is so natural for our flesh and our society to gravitate towards grave thoughts. But part of what Christ has given to us through his sacrifice is not only forgiveness and overcoming the grave, but even these grave thoughts by the hope that he has given us that is eternal. The hope that we are holding on to has nothing to do with what we can contribute, but thankfully has everything to do with the fact that he who promised is faithful. We need to remind ourselves of this fact until it even gets into our thoughts and even into our emotions throughout this crisis. It's going to be vital that we partake of this lettuce. And here's the final one. The final lettuce is in verse 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another towards love and good works. And in verse 25, and not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We say connected. We say grow. And this lettuce is, admon is uh, admonishing us to stir each other up 
to do the works of him who is in heaven, to be kingdom participants in seeing his kingdom in heaven come to earth even right now in the middle of this crisis, to see his will being done right now as it is in heaven during everything that we are currently facing. We are to encourage one another towards this goal, not neglecting meeting together, because while we are staying connected to one another, we will be able to encourage one another. But how do we do that? Because right now, let me say something about this, especially during what we are going through in April of 2020. If you're watching this later on, look back at what happened in March and April, and and we're not sure how much longer, in 2020 involving COVID-19. But by meeting online, we are not forsaking or breaking this admonition of of gathering together. The, uh, the, The command there isn't being broken, but instead we're recognizing a greater good right now. And this is found in 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 17. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it is to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Peter continues in verse 15. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Living as people who are free but not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. And finally, in verse 17, honoring everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. And we are still able to keep the spirit of the command together when we worship together online, like we are right now. Even over the phone and texting each other and calling each other, and looking for ways to stay connected and encourage one another during this bizarre season. We are not saying that the government has more authority, but instead we are saying, no, we are willing to give up what appears to be a liberty to serve our community and to not be a part of the, the spread, so to speak, of what is happening and to listen to our governing authorities. Instead, we can say that Christ's death has brought us forgiveness. Christ's death has brought us access. And Christ's death has brought us family or belonging. Listen to something I want to share with you, a little bit of excitement that happened this week. This past week, we had the privilege of adopting Jojo. I'm wearing my t-shirt today to share that with you. It was a little unconventional as the courts have been closed for a few weeks now, but we were still able to go through with the adoption via FaceTime. It was the head chancellor's first time doing a virtual adoption, but he accommodated us and we were so grateful. But I believe some of even JoJo's family are probably right now with us online, which is incredible. It's just a testimony to what God can do. Adoption is such a special thing, and adoption is what God has done for each and every one of us who are his children. He has adopted into his forever family. He has given us a home. He has given us belonging. This is what Christ has done for us. Christ's death has brought us together with him and one another. We need the body of Christ and we need one another now more than ever before. It is so important that we don't pull away during the mandate of social distancing and staying at home orders. It is vital that we reach out, that we stay connected and encourage one another. This is what Christ has done for us. Through his death on the cross and his resurrection that we celebrate, we have forgiveness, but also we have access to God's presence and relationship with him forever and belonging to a family that will be eternal, a forever home. The forgiveness we experience now 
it will have eternal implications. The access we are able to experience now, it is encountering and knowing God right now and also getting to a greater point of knowing Him on the other side of this life. The belonging that we experience now, we will know forever in that forever home of heaven with our Father and our family. Maybe you've joined us today and you haven't experienced these things yet. You have experienced, uh, you haven't experienced forgiveness to the extent that, that Christ has intended for you. And maybe you're still trying to figure out how to right all your wrongs. I've been there, done that. It doesn't work. And you're even trying to figure out how to even up the scales on your own. And it will never work. And I'm thankful that God doesn't expect that of us. Instead, we have a free gift of forgiveness and salvation by placing our faith in the grace that God extends to us through his son, Jesus. Jesus was buying back relationship. And God is so bent on having a relationship with you and with me that he was willing to sacrifice his one and only, his only son for that relationship with us. He wants you to have that today. God wants you to find the belonging that we are all searching for, but will only find in its truest form in the family of God. If you sense God speaking to your heart right now, I want you to join me in prayer with folks right now online, all across this nation and potentially around the world. Let's pray right now where you are. Would you pray with me? Father, I just thank you so much for the folks that are gathered with us today. God, I believe that you are speaking to someone who is watching this right now. God, they've been far from you. Maybe they grew up in church. Maybe they've never been to a church. Maybe they've been hurt by people that claim to be a part of your family. And Lord, we're not going to use that as an excuse to not come before you and accept what you have done for us. Lord, I just pray right now where they're at, that they would be serious and do business with you, reconciling the things in their heart with the forgiveness that you are offering them. Lord, I thank you for your love. This is true love, your word says, not that we loved you first, but that you loved us. And God, you were willing to sacrifice your son for us, 1 John 4, 19. We thank you for that. If today you would like to pray with me, I wanna just encourage you to repeat these words after me. Say, dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for forgiving me and giving me a fresh start. I want to thank you, God, for giving me grace, that I don't have to earn it, that it is a free gift. And thank you, God, for letting this be the first day of my forever, forever in your family, forever belonging to you and your people. Amen and amen. The newness of life that Jesus has given us, it is because of his death and it is because of his resurrection that we can walk in the freedom and the victory that he has for us. And I celebrate with you today, friend. So if you made that decision, I would love for you again to contact us. Look us up on our website. You can call us or email us. I would love to hear from you personally. You can message us on whatever platform, if it's YouTube or Facebook that you're joining us now, and let us know how we can continue to help you walk out this decision that you've made today. As we rejoice with you, in what Christ has done for us on this glorious day, we want to take some time and remember what his death as well as his life has done for us. I want us to take some time to take communion together. I want us to reflect and pause with thanksgiving. And we now not only have peace with God and access to relationship with him, but also he has given us freedom from the sin and bondage that has haunted us. This is something that I rejoice over every day.
And I want to give you a minute to gather a cracker and some juice, literally anything that you have where you are, to participate with us right now in remembering what Christ has done, is doing, and will continue to do for us. So go ahead, get up, if you don't have anything already, to partake of the Lord's Supper with us, one of the most precious things that we can ever do to remind ourselves of what He has done. So go ahead and grab those things, and uh, we'll gather together now and begin to prepare this. So God has already done something amazing for us over 2,000 years ago. And I love what Isaiah 53 says about that. Verses 11 through 12. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. This is what he has done for us. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Today, as we participate in the Eucharist in a time of remembering and reflecting with thankfulness, I want to take this as as a moment to recognize the body of Christ around the world. Those that we are connected to, our forever family, that are, that are facing some difficult times. And we are a part of his body, his family. And today we remember and reflect with gratitude on what Christ has done for all of us. Those are part of his family and those not yet. He has brought us forgiveness, access, and belonging. So let me lead us now. Matthew 26 says this, that now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. So take what you have to represent the Lord's body, which is for you and for me. Let's remember what he took upon himself for our good. Let's eat of the bread. And in Matthew 26, he continues and says, and he took a cup and when he had given thanks, He gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take what you have to represent the Lord's blood, proclaiming his death until he comes. Let's remember the ultimate price that he has paid and that he has provided for us this amazing peace through his amazing grace. Would you drink of the cup with me? Join me now in worshiping to this next song as we reflect on the goodness of God. The song is entitled, Resurrecting. Let's worship together. i 
spending some time meditating and thanking the Lord. And Jesus is alive. He is resurrecting me. The life that he now lives, I live in him because of that. Would you stay on with us for a few minutes and chat with us on the side? Let us know how you're doing. Tell us something funny about this stay-at-home time for you and how we can be praying for you. We love you guys. We look forward to when we will be gathered again together face to face. Until then, have a great Resurrection Sunday, and God bless you. We love you. We've buried dreams, laid them deep into the earth behind us, said our goodbye.